events for our team. Anybody have an idea? All right, invite somebody to church, but uh, even more than that, get them in Sunday school, okay? And I understand that it's 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and so you may need to start now, okay? Uh, the competition starts next Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, and uh, I'm going to encourage in our team meeting next Sunday night that everybody in our meeting get out their phone and start texting people that the Lord placed on your heart because we want to make sure and beat all the other classes like preacher's class, which he no longer is. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so invite somebody to Sunday school. That's the first thing. And so I would say go for that person that you know you can get, that person that kind of owes you one, you know what I'm talking about, um, and say, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to come to Sunday school. Um, we had a guy working on our ACs and then another guy that came to uh, uh, wash a car. And both of them guys, you know, I've got a relationship with them over the last uh, little while. I said, hey, I need you to do me a favor. Sure, sure. What is it? And then, you know, they agreed to it before they even knew what it was. And so uh, he said, sure, what do you need? And I said, I need you to come to Sunday school. And they get real quiet then, you know, like, well. And then they get even quieter when you tell them it's 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. Um, so start working on them now. It's a five-week competition, so it starts next week. So you get points for bringing somebody to Sunday school, but you're also going to get points for participating in trunk or treat. Uh, so trunk or treat, you say, boy, I don't know if I can do a trunk. If you have a car, you pull it up, you open your trunk and put candy in it. That counts, okay? So you don't have to decorate necessarily. If you have cobwebs in your car, it's perfect. That's exactly what you could use right there. You know, just put a few spider, fake spiders in there. Um, but the goal is to get as much participation as possible. So you get the same amount of points for inviting somebody as you do uh, participating in trunk or treat. And we'll give you different ways to participate than just having a trunk. Um, another way that you can earn points for your team is to be at the team meeting. On Sunday nights, we'll have a team meeting. Just our team will get together. And it's more than just our class. It's our class, Brother Rick's class, Brother Harry Mills class, Brother Mike Austin's class. Uh, so we've got a few people that will be uh, joining us. Uh, but we're the powerhouse. We're the one that's got to bring the meat, okay? Uh, so uh, being, thinking about somebody you can invite, um, we'll give you more... Uh, We'll give you more information on how you can get points um, even in the morning service this morning. But I wanted to just talk a little bit about it this morning. So the first thing you got to do is be in your place. The second thing, if you see someone who's not been here for a little while, reach out to them. Get them in their place because it's, uh, it's about our percentage of those who are normally here, but then also inviting somebody. If you've got a son, a grandson, a granddaughter, um, if you've got a neighbor, somebody that you can bring, this would be a good time to do it. Every time's a good time to do it. Every service is a good time to do it, um, but we're going to have a good time in the next few weeks building community, and that is our goal. Our goal is to reach people, and uh, this will be a fun way to do it. In fact, the, the winning team is going to get a pretty cool reward. We're going to all get on a bus or drive over to Tampa to the Cheesecake Factory and have a meal together. And uh, so it's a pretty cool reward, but then we're also going to have rewards for personal, individual people who bring the most amount of people and things like that. So I encourage you to get excited about it and start to think about somebody that you can invite and just tell them, hey, I need you to come. And they'll be like, huh? Because <laughs> normally when we invite somebody to church, we say, would you like to come? If you tell them you need, you need them to come, um, it might change the game a little bit. But uh, I hope you'll get excited about building community. 
And uh, don't laugh at me too much when I'm up there making a fool out of myself, okay? <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, we will, yeah. Huh? It'll be different. You're laughing with me. I'm not laughing, so. <laughs> That's what my mom used to say. You're not laughing with them if they're not laughing, right? <laughs> yes. No, if you get them to come for one week, it's going to count for points. But if they continue to come, they count each week. So if you get somebody on October 27th, and then they come the next four Sundays, it counts as a visitor each Sunday. And so uh, if you've got somebody that you've been praying for, thinking about, uh, this is a great time to reach out and to do it. Well, we're going to open with prayer. Does anybody have maybe just two or three prayer requests this morning before we jump into our lesson? Uh, any prayer requests at all this morning? I'll be praying for Peggy. Uh, we do have several that are just going through life changes. Paul Overfield um, is now in a memory care facility. Uh, so we'll be praying for the Overfields. Uh, be praying for the... Yes, sir. Pray, praise God for healing my wife's depression. Just talking to Brother Bill a little bit this morning. We've been praying for his wife. And God just, uh, God just worked in her life and answered prayer. And she's doing great to be here this morning with visitors. Anybody else? Yes, Miss Kidwell. Okay. Definitely praising the Lord for good news there. Yes, ma'am. There's a, a, a guy I, him and his wife, I talk to at the dog park every day. And uh, we visit back and forth. And I, I told him I would put him on the prayer list. He had a back surgery a couple of weeks ago, and it didn't go well. Looks like he's going to have to have it done again tomorrow. And he's very discouraged. So besides being in pain, Joe. And you met him at the dog track, is that what you said? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't resist. The whole, the whole time I was thinking, I better not. This is a serious request. And then I did. I'm so sorry. We'll definitely pray for Joe. Joe. Yes, ma'am. Last one. Yeah. But anyways, she's going to have a lot to deal with. What's, what's his name? His name is Al. So let's pray for Joe and Al. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness to us. Thankful for each one that's here today. And Lord, we just uh, come to you today with a heavy heart, thinking about Peggy, one of our sisters here at the church. Lord, has lost her husband. Lord, we think about this year, Lord, how many um, have gone on, with those that we love, Lord, part of this church, but then... Uh, Father, who have spouses that are still here, and Father, I pray that you would just uh, be with them and show yourself real to them during this difficult time of grieving. And Lord, we just um, we think about these two, Lord Joe and 
Alan, Lord, I pray that you'd be with each of these. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be with the team that's working with them, the doctors. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, continue to answer prayers. Lord, we're so thankful for the answered prayer of Brother Bill's wife. Lord, we're so thankful for the answered prayer of the Kidwell's granddaughter. Uh, Lord, we're thankful for those that have been saved here recently. Lord, the praises that have been given just in our class. Lord, we just give you the honor for that and the glory. And Lord, we ask that you would just uh, use this competition, Lord, and we understand that it's not a competition, but it's a goal, Lord, to just reach more people. Father, help us to beg you to give us somebody that we can help and that we can reach. And Father, that each of us, Lord, could have somebody that is on our account. Lord, somebody who's trusted you as Savior because of the fact that we've actively been a part of their life and actively worked on them to see them trust you. Lord, I pray that you would just be with preachers. He gets ready to preach, but John, he gets ready to lead worship. Lord, help us to have a good service today. Father, help us to put all those things that are worrying us and all those things that are burdening us on the side, Lord. And Father, help us just focus on you a little bit this morning and thank you for all that you've done for us. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter number 10 this morning, Luke chapter number 10. When you think about the parables of Jesus, really two pop up in my mind as being the most familiar probably, and that would be the prodigal son, which we covered the first week, and then here today as we look at the Good Samaritan, another parable that Jesus gave that oftentimes is so familiar that we read through it and say, that's a nice story, but... Um, there's an interesting phrase in the middle of the story, at the end of the story, that I think we need to focus on a little bit this morning because um, Jesus is the one that's telling the story, and then he says something that's a little bit, um, it's a, a little bit challenging. It's a little difficult, really, to hear because um, Jesus says it, therefore it's something that we should do. And in Luke chapter number 10, verses 25 and following, the Bible says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up. And tempted him, saying, Master, tempted Jesus, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he, Jesus, said unto him, Thou hast answered right, This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, the, rule, the lawyer, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, 
he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. Which now, Jesus asked the question, which now of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him who fell amongst thieves? And he, the lawyer, said, He that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. I think it's interesting that Jesus is asked a question. And the question is pretty simple. Who is my neighbor? And instead of just giving an answer, just giving a flippant answer, your neighbor is those that live next to you, or your neighbor is those that are in your circle, Jesus goes into this story, and in a way, he, he, he asks a question to, to reply to the question, and he said, which one of these is your neighbor? Which one of these was this man's neighbor? And he said, the one that showed mercy on him. So the, the question is answered there. But then Jesus goes on to give a command after he answers the question. So the question was answered in a very strange way. And we know this after, uh, after following the miracles of Jesus and uh, following Jesus' life a little bit, that Jesus does some things that are a little unorthodox. Like when the group of people came and they brought the woman that was caught in adultery, and uh, they're, they're ready to stone him, and they say, What sayest thou? And Jesus just stoops down in the ground and pretends he didn't hear him. He starts riding in the ground, and we understand that Jesus doesn't always respond the way that they're hoping he will respond. And if you notice in the beginning of this passage that this man's not asking a question, um, trying to figure out an answer. This man asks a question, the Bible says, to tempt him. It's the same verbiage that's used over and over again as the Pharisees and other people come to Jesus, and what they're trying to do is get Jesus to trip up. They want, to, they want to be able to prove that they know the law so well and that Jesus is not right and that they're going to get him stuck in a situation and Jesus always responds a little bit differently. And he begins to tell the story of a man who was on, his, on a journey and he was on a road and he was going and he was walking and we understand here that uh, there were some people that came and they passed by who did absolutely nothing to help this man who was beaten, this man who was left, as the Bible says, half dead. But then a Samaritan comes. Now the Samaritans would be a group of people that were not liked. Everybody remember uh, the woman at the well. Everybody remembers the stories that the Samaritans are not people that were loved. The Samaritans were a people that were looked down upon. The Samaritans, if there was any type of racism or any type of uh, injustice, it would have been toward the Samaritans in that day. Yet Jesus uses the example here as he's telling this story that the one who came along to help was that Samaritan. It was that one that everybody else would look down upon. This, this young ruler, this young lawyer that comes who knows the law so well, and he's probably a wealthy person. He's probably somebody who has devoted his life to be um, perfect according to the law. Jesus uses the illustration of a person that he would look down upon. 
Jesus uses the illustration of a person that he would have prejudiced toward to be the one that actually was the neighbor to this, to this man who was beaten. So we see this traveler, we, we see the setting, we see that this lawyer comes and he's asking these questions to, to trick Jesus, to tempt Jesus, and then we see the story comes and it talks about this, uh, this traveler, and then we see the religious passerbyers, then we see the Samaritan that comes. But the phrase that really stuck out to me is the phrase where Jesus says, Go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. Wait a second. Did we really get an answer to the question of who our neighbor is? The question, Jesus, was really about who is my neighbor? Who, who is it that I'm supposed to love? Because the law says love your neighbor as yourself. Who is my neighbor? Who is it that I need to go and do thou likewise to? Is this the people in my family, the people that I like, the people that like me? Who am I supposed to go and do these things for? Did that Samaritan know the man who was beaten? Did he know him at all? Had he ever seen him before? Had he ever seen him around town? We don't know the answer to that question, but I believe this, that that Samaritan had never met that man who was beaten. He didn't know him from Adam. But he was walking down the road, and I promise you this, that Samaritan, that Samaritan had a plan that day. That Samaritan got up and had a list of things that he had to do today. And he had a family, and he had things that he had to take care of as well. But he saw somebody who was down. He saw someone who had been hurt. He saw someone who was going through a difficult time. And he put it all aside. And for a few moments this morning, I just want to look at this, this, this idea that the, the characteristics of the Good Samaritan. Because if we're supposed to go do thou likewise, if we're supposed to this week, you say, what am I supposed to do as a Christian? We're supposed to go love our neighbor as ourselves. If we're honest this morning, we love ourselves. We love our ideas. We love a lot of things about ourselves. That's why the Bible over and over again doesn't just say love your neighbor. It says love your neighbor as yourself. As we look at the characteristics of the Good Samaritan, the goal of looking at the characteristics is because we're supposed to go and do what he did. So what did he do? Number one, he opened his eyes. He opened his eyes. And when he saw. You know what we're really, really good at as Christians? We're really good at closing our eyes, hoping it'll all go away. We see somebody that's hurt. We see somebody that's down. We see somebody that's going through a difficulty. And we want to close our eyes. Remember when we were young and something scared us? What do we do? We close our eyes. We close our eyes and hope that it went away. We close our eyes in hopes that we wouldn't have to deal with what was in front of us. 
And if we're not careful, we'll go through our Christian life walking by hurt, wounded, discouraged, lost, confused, messed up people. And the Bible says, go and do thou likewise. Boy, what's the first thing you got to do? Lord, open my eyes and help me see. And we, if you start to open your eyes and ask God to help you see, you will start to see that there are people all over the side of the road that need your help. There's people at your work who they may be sitting in your desk working, but you hear it in their phone calls. You hear it in their voice. You know the drama. And you know what we want to do? I just need a paycheck. And we close our eyes. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to intrude. But oftentimes those are people that are crying for help. And they need a good Samaritan. They need a good Christian who will come alongside and stop closing their eyes and start to open their eyes and say, Lord, if you show me hurt and wounded people, I will do whatever I can to point them to you. A lot of times we get nervous or we get a little bit anxious about it because we're not sure how we can help. You know what people need sometimes? They just need somebody to talk to You know there's therapists out there that make a lot of money and all they're doing is listening? They just sit there and listen. Say, wow, that's a really tough job. There's a movie that I like, and uh, um, the guy goes to his therapist, and all the therapist ever says is, and how does that make you feel? Over and over again, the guy would talk, 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 and he'd say, and how does that make you feel? And then he'd talk, 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 and then the hour's up, and he got paid 150 bucks or whatever, and that was over. And all he had to do was say, how does that make you feel? You know, there's people that God has placed in your life that Pastor Stansa will never meet, that God has placed you there for, and he's asking you, will you open your eyes and do thou likewise? Will you help the hurting? What would happen if you came alongside and somebody said, boy, I know that you're going through something, and I don't need to know what it is, but I want you to know that I'm praying for you, and can we stop right now and pray? I want to pray for you. I love you, and I care about you. He opened his eyes, number one, but then number two, he opened his heart, the Bible says, and he saw and he had compassion. Jude 1.22 still says, and some having compassion, making a difference. But we ought to be making a difference in our Christian life. When's the last time you made a difference in somebody else's life? You came alongside of them, you encouraged them, you strengthened them, you helped them through a difficult time. That's our responsibility as a Christian. We're to be building up, we're to be helping, we're to be edifying, coming alongside because we've opened our eyes, we've asked God to help us see those that are hurting and those that are struggling, and then we have compassion. Compassion just means that we're moved to do something. Those first two that walked by, those religious leaders, and they saw what was happening, they weren't moved with compassion, they were moved by something else. 
and they actually moved farther away from the situation. Oh, I don't want to get involved with that. That might take a little bit of my time. I don't want to get involved with that. That might take a little bit of my energy. I don't want to get involved with that. That might take a little bit of my resource. I have a plan today. The Good Samaritan had a plan today, but we need to walk into every day saying, God, I don't know what you have for me today. Here's my list of things I'd like to get done, but I'm going to go through this day with my eyes open and compassion ready to help somebody who's hurting. He opened his eyes, but he also opened his heart. But then we see that he also opened his hands. The Samaritan didn't just feel sorry for this person. He relieved his suffering. He came over and began to tend to his wounds. His hands got a little bit dirty, I bet. As he's cleaning wounds and he's taking some of his belongings and some of the things that he has, it would be almost like a first aid kit, but he begins to clean these wounds and he begins to bandage up these wounds and he begins to use his hands to help. You know the Bible says that we are God's hands? That we're his hands and we're his feet? And that we have a great responsibility as Christians to be the hands and feet and mouth for the Lord? And that this good Samaritan that Jesus tells us to go and do thou likewise, he opened his eyes. He said, Lord, help me start to see these people, not just as an annoying co-worker, not just as a neighbor that I'd really rather move away from, not just as this person that frustrates me. Father, help me to open my eyes and see the hurting. See those that are struggling. And then, Father, help me to be compassionate upon them. Father, move me with compassion to jump in and help. Whether it's just telling somebody that you're there for them, telling somebody that you're praying for them, uh, coming alongside of somebody, taking them to get coffee and listening to them. Whatever it is, Lord, help me to open my eyes. Lord, help me to have compassion. Lord, help me to begin to use my hands, Father, uh, like they would be your hands. He opened his hands, but then he opened his purse. He opens his purse, he puts him on his, he puts him on his uh, donkey or his horse, and he takes him to an inn, and the Bible doesn't just say that he dropped him off at the inn. If you read those verses, he stays. He stays there and takes care of him, and then the next day, when he had to go, he left money and asked the, the, the host, the Bible says, to take care of him, until he gets back and he says, if it costs more than what I've given you, I'll repay it when I get back. He didn't just open his eyes. He didn't just open his, his heart. He didn't just open his hands. The Bible says that he opened his purse. There's been a lot of commitment to helping this person that he's never met. There's been a lot of commitment to helping this person that most people would um, have a prejudice toward or most people would uh, look down upon. There's been a lot of commitment. His eyes, his heart, his hands, and now his purse. When's the last time You've committed to somebody that doesn't love you 
or who's not in your immediate family. When's the last time you've opened your eyes, you've opened your heart, you've opened your hands, and you've opened your purse to somebody that you don't know or someone you don't know well? There's a, there's a fear in 2019. There's a fear that, that you'll be taken advantage of. There's a fear in 2019 that there are those that we just can't help. They're just too far gone. There's a fear that, uh, boy, if I put in this time and I put in this energy and I put in this resource uh, and they take advantage of me or they, or they don't appreciate it. or The Bible says, go and do thou likewise. It's just like everything else. The Bible says that we're to plant and we're to water and God does what? He gives the increase. So when God gives us a command, we aren't to worry about the outcome. Well, what if I'm not a help? Or what if this person doesn't turn around or this person isn't helped or this person doesn't change? God doesn't say, hey, go and do thou likewise and this is what's going to happen. Go and do thou likewise, and this is what's going to happen. This person's going to turn around. This person's going to get saved. This person's going to go lead 150 people that will all be on your account. He doesn't tell you what's going to happen. He just says, go and do thou likewise. So what's your job this week? Open your eyes. Your eyes will affect your heart. Once your eyes are opened, your heart will open. Once your heart is opened, you'll be moved to begin to work with your hands and to help this person. And it may take not just your time and your energy, but then he opened his purse. It may take some resource. He opened his purse, but then he also opened his schedule. The Samaritan was willing to have his trip interrupted in order to offer aid to a needy, helpless man. He put his journey on hold for a while in order to do that which was more important, show compassion and care for somebody who is in need. I believe this, and this is in my life, this is, I think, across the board. We get so caught up with self. We are so caught up with our schedule and our plan, and what we want, and what we need, and what we're doing, that our eyes are completely closed, and our heart is completely closed, and our hands are clenched tight, and our purse never opens, because our schedule has the wrong priorities. When our schedule has the wrong priorities, everything else closes up. When we get ourselves so busy and we get ourselves so consumed with self, we don't have time for anyone else. That becomes a problem as a Christian. Because when the Bible says, go and do thou likewise, he's talking to you and he's talking to me. That this week we're to open our eyes, we're to open our heart, we're to open our hands, we're to open our purse, and we're to open our schedule.
If we won't get to the point where we schedule our things and say, God, this is what I have planned today, but if you'll show me what you want me to do, I know everything on my list will be taken care of. How do you know that? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Have you ever had something happen in your life, and boy, it didn't go quite the way you planned it, but then it turned out a lot better than you thought? That's how God works. God is that one that steps in and says, boy, this isn't quite the way that you thought it was going to go, but my ways are better than yours. My ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. And if you'll just trust me each day and say, God, this is what I think I need to do today, but I am open, my hands, my eyes, my heart, my purse, and my schedule to whatever you have. You show me somebody, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to reach out to them. And if you're asking me to give my time, my energy, and even my resource, my purse is open, my hands are open, my heart is open, and Lord, my eyes are open. And whatever is on my schedule, you're in complete control of it. If you tell me this person needs help or I begin to see something, Father, help me to have compassion. And do what you've commanded us to do. Father, we're so thankful for each one that's here. And Lord, as we think of this good Samaritan, Lord, we understand that this is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But at the end of that story, Lord, you give a very, very short, but a very challenging command to go and do thou likewise. Lord, we live in an area where there's 4,000 people or more per square mile. There's people all around us that are hurting. Lord, you put somebody on my heart specifically as I studied this. Or it's something I saw a couple Sunday nights ago and it just, it burdened me. Father, I didn't do anything. Father, help me this week to open my eyes, to open my heart. Father, to start to use my hands as if they were your hands. Lord, we know what you did when you were here. Father, you went from person to person, helping them spiritually, helping them physically. Father, help us to go do thou likewise. Help us to be your Samaritans. Father, help us to do what we know we're supposed to do. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're out just a few minutes early this morning. The restrooms and drinking fountain in the lobby. The lobby's filling up, so save your seat. But God bless you. You're dismissed. Invite somebody to Sunday school next week. It's going to count for rewards in heaven, but also for our competition, which we have to beat Brother Nick. Okay? We have to. Just, that's just where it's at. All right? God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a good week.